Welcome to the Scariest Things Podcast, your gateway to the trends and tropes of the horror genre. This is episode 135. We're going back to our potluck, but we're calling this the director's cut because we're going to do something a little bit different this time. I'm Liz Williams, and I'm joined by... Mike Campbell and Eric Lee. Okay. Hey, guys. So we mentioned we're doing something a little different. Yes. What we're doing is last time we did our potluck, we each chose three films and assigned them to one other person. In this version, we each chose one film for everybody to watch, and we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive and spoiler um, and really get into these films because I will say this is one that I said I wanted to do because when you get to my film, which will be second because we're going to go in chronological order, this is one that I needed to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we are doing this. So, yeah. all right. Starting. I guess we're just going to jump right in and kick it off, huh? I mean, <laughs> yeah, we don't really have a yeah. theme. We it, don't it, have anything else to. Yeah, no, no preambles other than than uh, we're going to let Mike, uh, Mike kick it off and describe why you picked the movie that you picked. Well, I, you know, before we jump into that, I would say, I would say, I would say, most everyone has has seen one of the films. If you're a horror fan. And yeah, I, and I would say a lot of people haven't seen two of the films. If you're a horror fan, true. I would say that could be I, true. I, I would yeah. say for yeah. for two of the films that we're going to talk about, like they both have pretty select audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true. And I don't think those audiences necessarily cross over. However, <laughs> the, 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 the third totally movie true. has a very broad audience and <laughs> the bro- has the broad, a multitude the, of takes. Yes, the broadest the broadest audience possible. So I think with, what's also kind of funny is what we each picked. To say, like, oh, this is kind of a, we're holding up a mirror to ourselves in this <laughs> one a little bit. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. yeah, I want to talk, I mean, the reason why we want to talk about some of these movies, it, it the, the difference is very, we didn't, we didn't set any kind of a criteria. I mean, it, it took nope. us a while just to sort of pick and choose what movie we wanted to talk about because... You know, most of the time we when we pick three movies, we talk about them for five minutes and try to get in and get out. This time right. we're actually going to have debate or discussion between the three of us about our experiences with these films. Right. It's a little bit a little bit different because now we know that there's not going to be oh really what tell us about this movie. No, we've we've now right. we've now seen them and formulated thoughts about. Yes, them. we have each we have each watched these films. I gave Liz and Eric a film. Liz gave me and Eric a film, and Eric gave Liz and I a film. Yes. Yes. So the film that I gave Liz and Eric, this is a film that, I, as I was telling Liz, I hadn't seen till about four years ago, and I'd always really wanted to see it. Uh, it was always one that, uh, as I peered around in the darker, deeper recesses of the video store, this was a film that was definitely uh, always on the shelf, and I thought, uh, I was always intrigued by the cover, and I finally got around to seeing it, and I was like, Wow, you know, it's amazing to me what a great film this is, and it's also amazing to me that we, it's never, it didn't come up on our top 100 list, and it's never a film that we've really talked about, but it is a pretty quintessential part of the 1970s horror canon. Uh, it's, you know, I would say probably top 10 in 1970s horror, really, if you had to get down to brass tacks. This, of course, is the 1975 supernatural slasher film. Uh, Tourist Trap. This is directed by David Schmoller, 
Uh, and it uh, stars the Chuck Connors. This, of course, the film, uh, the producer and uh, producer writer. Uh, I think he did some writing or at least had some some role in the writing was, of course, Charles Band, who would go on to Full Moon. He would go on to Puppet Master. He would go on to Evil Bong and Gingerbread Man. And Ginger Dead Man. Ginger Dead Man and every <laughs> everything else in between. Uh, as you know, I had always been a fan of Chuck Connors, like growing up as as a kid. His you know, chin. yes, with his <laughs> his giant chin. But you know, what's interesting to me. You know, I I don't know if you knew this, Eric. And this is we're gonna nerd out on sports here for a second. But uh, uh, uh which is not horror at all. But Chuck Connors actually <laughs> played played minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. Right, he played for the Newport Dodgers. And then he also played for the 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 Norfolk Tars. And then he played. He actually ended up playing for the Boston Celtics. He played for the Boston Celtics in the in the um, the forty seven forty eight team. And so he is only one of thirteen athletes. Wow, Chuck Connors to have played in both the NBA and Major League Baseball and appeared in Old Yeller. And appeared in Old, old Yeller. Oh, and, he totally was in Old and, and appeared in Tourist Trap. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's you know he's not what you would. He's not what you would expect as uh, he's not a, he's not a horror actor. Mm-hmm. He's not, uh, you know, a fiendish Vincent Price type, uh, but he is a massive dude. He's like six, 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 seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just a, he just cuts a huge, huge figure. But the thing that's great about Chuck Connors is <clears throat> and in the film, you know, he plays essentially two roles. He plays himself. Uh, as the uh, sort of the lead character, but he also as who who runs the tourist trap, mm-hmm. but he also sort of plays his 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 brother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and that's you know that that that's sort of the big the big spoiler, right? Um, right. And you know, I the the thing for you know to getting to your point about that he's a, a bit of an unusual type of person to be uh, in in a movie like this. I think stems back to the fact that he was the dad in Old Yeller. He was. Right. The trusted, the 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 trusted cowpoke who, when you had to put down the dog, you knew you could trust him. That mm-hmm. that 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 he was, he there's a there's a real warmth about Chuck Connors, right? Um, and so it, it was essential for him to play both sides of the fence in this movie, both right. both the 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 man who these. He always called them kids, but they're like they're the, they're twenty somethings, right? Yeah. Uh, that they that they would trust him enough to go to this weird tourist trap, right? Uh, museum that he had this roadside attraction that he had set up, and and for them not to go running away in panic because he is a he's a big handsome, je- uh, oh, kind man. And they man. trust him implicitly. Yeah. They're just like he said, stay here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Was it um, uh, Mr. Slauson? Mr. Slauson. Yep, Mr. And, Slauson. Uh, this is uh, a, a, a little bit of a, a, a small correction. This is a 1979 movie. Oh, what did I say? 77? 75. 75. No, yeah. so this, 79. 79. to me, you know, I, and, and I, I, I think with Tourist Trap, uh, I think that one of the reasons why it kind of gets lost in the shuffle is it's a bridge movie. I think it, it, it is, um, it sort of lands squarely right between Halloween and Friday the 13th, right? Right. It's Halloween and 78. Right. Uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth in nineteen eighty, and, and it does well, not it does not know, go to the gory levels. You know what's funny about that? that? Those, you know, you know the uh, you know who they really wanted to direct the film. Guess who? Speaking of Halloween, they John want they, they were out, they were absolutely after John Carpenter. But really, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, apparently, the one of the one of the other producers, um, uh, J. Larry Carroll, was totally unsatisfied with, I guess, the the financial arrangements with Carpenter, and they were like, "Yeah, let's let's pull the plug on this guy. He's still somewhat of an unknown, and um, we'll get this other guy to do it, and we can do it cheaper, and it'll it'll be it'll be easier to do." Mm-hmm. But yeah, they absolutely really wanted to get. Uh, John Carpenter, <laughs> but it has those it it has those feels right. Of oh the, sure, of, of that um, you know uh, the burning or mm-hmm. sleepaway camp mm-hmm. or you know the, all those early late seventies early eighties movies complete with the feathered hair. Yep, you know and then, but this was again this was PG. It would be PG thirteen nowadays, but it was. Um, because it wasn't, they didn't have any of the gore or the. This was PG. It, it was, was PG. PG. Straight Se- up seventies PG. Seventies, uh, but okay. it 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 danced all around the sexy, right? right. I mean, it, it, yeah. it didn't. There was no nudity and no out, uh, no sex, but there was uh, a skinny dipping sequence, right. um, which would allude to it. Mm-hmm. There were ma- naked mannequins all over the place, right? And uh, this was an era where apparently bras were optional. <laughs> it's quite obviously bras were optional, and uh, they 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 got some, you know the 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 actresses. Uh, we have Jocelyn James, Tanya Roberts, who yep. uh, would achieve greater fame than most of these other folks, and Robin Sherwood, all very attractive young women who indeed uh, you know would look good in a tank top, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but they would also also do the, the, the classic Friday the 13th kind of things. So I was like, I'm going to go out and check out the house. Hey, I wonder what they're doing. Let's go. Let I bet you they're making out. And it's like, no, no, that he's dead. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and and but they would just like, I don't think we should do this. I think this is a bad idea. And the bad is like, yeah, of course, it's a bad idea. And of course, you shouldn't trust this guy. And and um. And so this was a it, it brought a lot of those early tropes to the table. Now So can I tell you how I watched this film? Absolutely. So I watched this the first this the first time I had seen it was when uh Mike, you know, rec- picked this for his choice. Now, I know you we've talked about it a tiny bit before, yeah. but I had never seen it. So the first time I watched it straight and I was like, what the fuck is this? I mean, the music, the opening <laughs> music, first of all, is like a little twangy and very silly. Right. So the second time around, when I was going to make my notes and stuff, I decided I needed to watch the Riff Tracks version of this. Yes. <laughs> 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 That's what I'm going to recommend if anybody wants to jump in, uh, is watch the Riff Tracks. Like, I mean, they had, you know, when they pull up and it's so sloss and Oasis, which is the name of the tourist trap. Right. It just says like your dumb kid may think it's Disney, you know, just like things like that. <laughs> and so much more bearable because it is uh, an acquired taste. This kind of movie. It's oh, yeah, super seventies. Yeah. Exactly yeah. what I'm saying. It's seventies canon in yep. the top ten for right. sure. And yep. I, I don't. But, <laughs> I think on a. Uh, oh, I'm keep going. Sorry. Well. We were you were talking about how like you know there were naked mannequins everywhere. Like my favorite quote that all they said was, "The last time I saw this many dummies piled on a woman was at a Kid Rock concert." Like these, <laughs> are, uh, these guys are saying. So that's awesome. That's awesome. You, uh, 
It well, made this movie really, really good. You know, and the, the one thing we haven't really t- talked at all about in the film, which is kind of a, a, oh, a, yeah. a quintessential plot point, is the fact that uh, Mr. Slauson, Chuck Connors, has telekinetic powers. Yeah. And he uses all the mannequins and dummies around is that- the tourist trap. Yeah. I didn't know that's how that was they happening. Didn't, they don't explain it at all. It just, <laughs> no. he has, I he didn't ha- know that's how that was happening. Well, and, and apparently the original screenplay did not at all have any mention of telekinetic powers, but... Um, uh, the they idea, had to explain. Yeah, the idea was uh, the the idea, which I think is really interesting because it's it's kind of the foundation of Charles Band. It, he was the one that came to the table with the whole telekinetic powers idea and controlling the dolls and dummies and mannequins. And I was like, well, this is really just this is a very foundational, a quintessential yep. foundational piece to puppet master and dolls goddamn ah. everything else within the full within the within the full moon mm-hmm. uh catalog and so th- that's i mean i i still go back no i i think you're right liz i mean i think there are a lot of s- sort of silly jokey elements to the film and certainly you know looking at it f- through the lens of 2021 it, it mm-hmm. you know may may not hold up for youngsters today but i i still think like the the way they concocted the dummies and the characters and even Chuck Connors with the mask and the dolls and where they open their mouths, mm-hmm. uh, I think Creepy. is still so chilling and so yeah. so terrifying. And there's only really a handful of jump scares in the film. Yep, just just a couple, just enough to like sort the of. The mask lo- was what was the creepiest. Yeah, 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 yeah. and Ugh. you can see the mask on the the the, the poster, the film poster, and the 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 uh, VHS box set or whatever. Uh, but but yeah, when it when Chuck Connors and or the mannequins open their mouths, it is absolutely terrifying. I think it's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Um. Another thing that I wrote down, though, is trying to relate this to um, now because we said we're spoiling. So, like, he is killing these kids because, like, his wife cheated on him. And if, uh, uh, like, a whole drawn out story, but I wrote, like, this guy's like an incel. That's what he reminded <laughs> me of now. So, he was, oh, creeping me out. That's he funny. He wants to, like, have her be his wife and he killed, oh, I, I was just like, oh, wait a minute. So, she has an affair. So, it's, oh, he pretty much says, like, she had an affair. So, it's okay to murder both of them. Yeah. No, right. Well, an affair like, with oh, his brother. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. And, right, right. And, and he's, right. And he's, he's compensating by, you know, uh, being, being the brother. Both, being the brother and, yeah. then, and, and having him to blame. And it, and, and those, you know, it's a, not an unfamiliar kind of a trope. This is, you know, I, I think it is for the, for the type of movies. It it's a it's a well done, straightforward version of you know the or totem of of the kind of the slasher genre. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, I think that there was complete with all of this the idiot things that the the actor the the protagonists do the the protagonists are all awful actors and they're just right. they're just they're stiff uh and and particularly like the the lead Molly is she's just she's frustrating because she that you realize she's she's immediately you know she's the final girl right Mm-hmm. You know, that that she's, she's wearing clothes. Yeah, and she's, she's the, <laughs> yeah. and she's the she's the she's the reluctant one. She's the so you know the, uh, the a virginal kind of character. Right. She doesn't want to do the skinny dipping. Right. And you know she wants to 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 remain at at home base. 
and and wait for Mr. Slauson because she trusts Mr. Slauson, and Mr. Right. Slauson, of course, is not to be trusted. Right. Um, not to be trusted. So you know, I I thought uh, you know. I, to put it in the top ten movies of the nineteen seventies, when we actually get to talk to talking about the seventies yeah, movies, you're yeah, gonna yeah. change your mind. This is, <laughs> this is, I don't, I'm not gonna top, say the top twenty. <laughs> no, you know, it's like I, I could probably, name, you know, it's like I, I don't want to start the countdown of all the other of the 20, 20 movies starting okay, with okay, fifty, yeah, Exorcist, Jaws, Carrie. You know, it's like all right, you know, no, this is this is a this is a a, a well done middle tier straightforward. All right, so what do you what do you give it? Scale one to five. What are what are we giving it? What I do you what three are you and a half? Three and a half. Three. Three? I'm going four. Yeah, I think it's three. Right. Yep. All right. Four. Okay. All right, let's move riff on. Riff tracks, what? I'm going four. Yeah, the riff track sounds three. like I, I, yeah. the fact yeah. that if it's gonna end up on riff tracks, that sort of gives you an idea of what the oh, level of great. the film. But it's it's plot wise and the execution, uh super solid and particularly for a PG movie. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna close out this discussion with a quote from Stephen King. Talking about oh, tour, yeah. talking about tourist trap in his mm-hmm. book *Dance Macabre* uh, from 1981, he praised the film and noted that the film wields an eerie, spooky power. Yeah. So, so let's fair. let's go from eerie, spooky power to hard, <laughs> hard to watch. Liz, get us get us cooking with Beyond your movie. hard to watch. Okay, I picked. Ken Evernall's 2015 debut feature, Baskin. Um, <laughs> this is a <laughs> Turkish language film. Baskin means raid in Turkish. Um, and Baskin is. Oh, does, does it really? It means raid? It means raid, which I, kind I, of adds another yeah. layer. Like, so. Oh, I thought you, it like, translated to like. He- I thought it actually translated hell? to hell. No. It, okay. it could be Even both. Though, <laughs> it's yeah, a, it's, it's a raid. raid in hell. Right, right. So it, that's exactly correct, Eric. So let me a little bit of background on Baskin. So uh, it's in Turkish. Can Evernal made a short film called Baskin, mm-hmm. which Google it. You can check it out on Vimeo also for free. Also hard to watch. Also hard to watch. Or not. Um, Eli Roth saw his short film at a festival and says, "I'm going to finance you. You're making a feature." Something happens years, like a couple years go by, and the financing falls through. So Ken Evernal says, "Well, I'm just going to do it myself." So he finances this movie that they shot over 28 nights, only at night. They never shot in the day because they had some crazy uh, things with permits. And what the film is about is it opens with a group of police officers who are at like a roadside diner talking trash, talking sex, talking drugs, talking everything. And then they get called to like investigate the scene of this crime in this weird neighborhood they're backup. and yep. yeah, they're the backup. That's right. Like, so a group of cops needs backup at this thing. So they're on their way there and they get in an accident. They drive into the river. Shit goes wrong. They find these like people on the side of the road. And one of them says, okay, we'll bring you up to this building. And when they get there, it's this creepy building that in the olden days was a police station what they find there is the other group of policemen. Well, they find like the remaining other <laughs> policemen <laughs> and a cult that is led by this tiny robed figure named the father. So, father is played by an actor named Mehmet Sarah Hogue. 
Flu. I sorry, that's Turkish. Um, I cannot pronounce it. <laughs> and Mike, your question was, is this guy wearing prosthetics? So <laughs> if you Google uh, the father, no, he is not. Oh. Um, he has this is what Ken Evernall said to Fangoria. Said Mehmet has a story of his own. He had no prosthetic makeup on him. Two different doctors in northern Turkey are still trying to get a patent for his unique medical condition, which is said to be one in 30 million. Wow. Um, so he just has a rare skin condition. It makes him look like a baby face. And right, Can right. says, nicknamed the spaceman in his neighborhood, Mehmet is an amazing guy to say the least. He's 40 years old. He's a car park attendant. He has three kids. And I took a big risk in casting him as a main villain with no acting experience oh, whatsoever. Great. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's so incredible. It is absolutely incredible. And he's got this baritone so, voice out of this tiny, yeah, freaky looking man. Yeah, this tiny yeah. little guy. Um, very creepy. Um, so Simon Abrams from Siskel and Ebert says that Baskin does what many horror films try to do and fail. It makes you feel like you're a passive prisoner slash spectator watching an especially vivid nightmare unfold. It resembles a Turkish Hellraiser. Yes. The group is yes. challenged by a religious cult that makes Clive Barker's pinhead and his sadistic godlike Cenobites look downright benign. Yes. So this is agreed with all uh, of that. And before I get into you guys, I'm going to say that um, also in that Fangoria interview, um, Evernall says that his main inspiration for the father's cults were. The Descent, which is number 22 on my top mm -hmm. 25, <laughs> Quest for Fire, and Frontiers um, from 2007, which is number five on my top 10 French language films. Um, so <laughs> this is wheelhouse for me? I, I don't know. I <laughs> saw this movie when it came out in 2015, and I have never forgotten it because it's impossible to forget. Yep. But I thought it was much worse back then than I do now. So that's also what? saying something about <laughs> how much yeah. horror I've watched. So, uh, yeah, um, the main quote from the movie by the top father uh, to these police who then end up being tortured uh, is, hell is not a place you go. You carry hell with you at all times. You yeah. carry it inside of you. And that's the... Summary of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's another quote from the short film that I think is really apropos, and it was "Faith comes you from fear." Cool. Yeah, the short film. Faith comes from fear. Faith comes from fear because interesting because they start talking yeah, about you know the the um, uh, do you believe in heaven and hell kind of a thing, and it's like right? faith comes from fear. I think one of the 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 uh, the juxtapositions here that is important is that. You know, when when you talked about the the sort of the shit talking that the cops have at the beginning mm -hmm. of the movie, they are they're the swaggering kings of the neighborhood. They right. they they are they are the law and they are bullies. They are not yeah. they are not good men. Well, but it also oh. sets up that interesting juxtaposition too, where they're kind of like they're invincible yeah. and there is nothing that can nobody stop. can yeah because there's they, nothing that can stop them. Of course, you you learn later on that there's oh no there's there's, there's, there's plenty that can stop there's them. There's plenty that yes, can stop <laughs> particularly when you deal with a cult and the and and the demons that right. that are part of this. It is oh. Yeah, I and I, so something that I read said that the torture and death of each policeman reflects one of the sins they described while they were in the restaurant. 
Oh. Lust, rage, oh. gluttony. And I was like, I didn't even get that. Oh, that totally yeah. makes uh, sense. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff in the film that I, I, that was sort of, I, I didn't catch that. Uh, I don't know if it was like a mm-hmm. cult, cultural thing or the mm-hmm. fact that it was in Turkish, but like, you know, the, the end scene where you realize they're potentially in a loop, uh, a time yep. loop. I that, love that. That, that was sort perfect. It's sort of never ending. I didn't see that coming at all. And when it when it oh. happened, when it happened, I was like, "Oh wow, that's yeah. very very clever." Well, when yeah, the, for that the the end loop sequence when um uh let's see who the, the character oh let the me uh, Arda, his name uh, Arda he, yeah yeah when he is when he is stumbling down the road, I was like, oh. Oh, you know, it'd be really cool is if oh, it had happened, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. It was, it was like full circle. Uh, yeah, the caught caught in the time loop. I I had a hard time. One of the thing the pieces that I had a hard time fitting into the puzzle was his his childhood backstory and and how he would well, leave the, the out of body experience to go back back to his his childhood home, and I couldn't figure out where that fits in within the context of the film because um. They had, so like the Resmi was kind of like his father figure, yes. that cop. That's who he went to like live with after his parents, I guess, died um, or something happened to his parents. During so, sex at the beginning of the movie when a demon came to get him or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's like that hand that reaches out to him. And then yeah. there's that scene where the hand goes to pull him out of the water. That was the scene that took them the longest to film of their 28 nights. That's and that's surprising. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. What I also love about this movie, and I think it is kind of the same thing that I love about Martyrs and other things like that, is you think it's going one way. I mean, it starts as a cop movie, mm-hmm. and then it completely goes somewhere. There's no way you could predict yeah. that this thing was going. It's Not and then at all. the loop. Yeah. yeah. You know, my my only complaint with the film really is is that, uh, and it was sort of the same complaint I had with uh, As Above, So Below, the the found footage horror film where mm-hmm. they, they also discover hell or the gates to hell uh, lurking underneath the catacombs of France. Is that is I felt like they gave you too much too early in the film. Like they, they you know, they they do get into hell fairly quickly. And then, mm-hmm. and then it's about like a half an hour of the the most horrific shit you've ever seen, like over yeah. and over and over uh, and over. And I was thinking, had they saved that for maybe the last ten minutes mm-hmm. and sort of built the tension up a little bit, it could have been even more explosive. Uh, as you realize, oh my gosh, they're actually in hell. If they would have right. teased that out a little bit, yeah. I thought it could have been more interesting. But you know, certainly then you wouldn't have had all the horrific stuff that you get to eventually see but right yeah the the unlike most films this is did you watch the short mike no i didn't yep because the short is like two minutes of cops and and then and then hell (laughs) right 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 Uh, they don't they don't give you the sort of the setup i think that the that i think it was important to do that the 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 restaurant sequence yeah oh Uh, yeah and then i think that there was also uh there was the 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 character who um Sabo, who who had who got sick early, he, and, he, yeah. and he and he went into the bathroom mm-hmm. and he started seeing frogs, right? And that's like that's your, right. and I think that's that's Exodus, that's, right? That's like the wrath of God, yeah, yeah. showing up with uh, a uh, a plague of frogs, right? Right, and then and um, you know whether or not you know it's it's kind of curious. I'd be I'd be interested to know if if Ken Evernall is Christian or if he's Muslim. 
right? I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I, and and and, know. and whether Islam, not 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 certain whether you know the the uh, Abrahamic, um, or the you know the, the 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 Moses story still plays into into Islamic lore and the same right. or the, the the plagues, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the 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 seven plagues and all that kind right. of stuff. Um, I don't know if that's. I'm not my my, my biblical knowledge is limited, <laughs> yeah, I but I know, know. there's a, you know the rain of frogs and the river of blood and all that kind of right, stuff. Right, right. But that was that was sort of the God foreshadowing, and I don't know. If it's like that mm-hmm. was a warning. I think it was very and so. And you see multiple times where you see the frogs, and it's like, you know, the, there's the frog catching people, and you get the weird like uh, the 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 a lot of people with exaggerated features. It was like a giant guy with exaggerated yeah. features. Yeah. Um, oh, the the gypsy character. Yeah, and I, you know, I was yeah. surprised actually, Liz. You made some references as, as to what what cans. Um, uh, influences where I'm surprised yeah. he didn't bring up Jean-Pierre Jeunet um, because, and how he used Ron Perlman and oh, um, and Dominique Pinon, yeah. who were both who show up in in City of Lost Children and right. mm-hmm. in in Alien Resurrection. They are two very very strange looking men. Oh you know? yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and and with exaggerated features, you got the little tiny guy with the huge ears and the and the huge forehead and the and the big eyes, mm-hmm. and then you got Perlman who looks. <laughs> he's like kind of cavemanish, right? Right, yeah. um, and he's yeah. made a career out of being different looking. Yeah, and, and I think it's spectacular that the actor that that plays Baba is like a non-actor because yeah, he, he's like no, he's not an actor at all, which is totally yeah. crazy. Uh, Liz, did you do any research on the religious allegory component of it? Because I, I I looked around, I did not just a little bit, um, and I couldn't find anything because I was I was curious about that too to see if there was any direct. Religious allegory. Uh, I did not. I okay. did not. But we, we like, I mean, so Can Evernall is, I think, one to watch. I mean, we've talked about Housewife uh, and Cosmic Horror, which, Eric, I think we saw together yep. at the Lovecraft Film Festival. Yep. And also, batshit crazy with, <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's... He's doing some stuff. He's, he's a visual um, did, auteur for sure. Yeah, he's a, a, totally a visual auteur. He did one of the um, a field guide to evil sections, which is international folklore, mm-hmm. and he he's one to watch. This one just has obviously stuck with me since I first saw oh, yeah. it in 2015. You can't forget this. Uh, <laughs> this is you can't forget this the, at all. It, it it does totally make it make makes Hellraiser. Like patty cake. I mean, it's just the kinds of yeah, yeah. And 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 actually, you were saying that that it subjects the men to their own. I mean, so admit it, going back and if I dare go back and watch this whole thing again, um, I think you should because the, yeah, the, you, you you know the shock nope. value is gone. Yeah, so yeah, now nope. you can like pick out <laughs> nope because yeah. like Yavuz, <laughs> who's the guy who gets it the worst, right? He get yeah he, uh, all the kinds of things that he has to do, and it's like oh you you're it's it uh-huh. what comes around what goes around comes around that is yep. that is that's yep. that's kind of deep uh, it's gross uh oh Mike, yeah when you, you know, told me this gave you nightmares i felt <laughs> like probably how a parent feels when their kid gets like a full ride to harvard or right something. right i was so proud, <laughs> so proud <of> my <laughs> found something that scared mike i uh, scared so the scared the bejesus out of me yeah this is uh yeah this is like uh, going to the holocaust museum once and once only <laughs> well before we move on to Eric's, I'll give you the tagline from Baskin, and it is just "Into a world of madness and suffering." Hundred. Yeah, That's it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Spot on. Hundred <laughs> percent. 
<laughs> All right, Eric. Well, this is a little movie that some of you folks may have heard of. <laughs> um, it is a recent release. It is also something that has created a ton of chatter, and some of it because of what the review, uh, like the bulk of the reviews have been, and then what some of the minority views on this thing that have come out. And this is David Gordon Green's Halloween Kills. Yes, 2021. 2021, uh, nominally starring Jamie Lee Curtis, (laughs) Judy Greer, Andy Matichak, Will Patton, Anthony Michael Hall, that guy. Uh, Robert Longstreet, who plays Lonnie, uh, and then return returning performances from Kylie uh, Kyle Richards and uh, Nancy Stevens, who re- reprise their their sort of human Easter eggs coming back. And PJ Souls, uh, come on, PJ yeah. was PJ Souls in it? Yeah, I, I just she doesn't play a big role. No, it's it. just, just you, like, you gotta you gotta look quick and right, fast because. Spoiler alert, PJ Souls dies in the first Halloween movie, so she's yeah. not a survivor showing up. The character yeah. does not return, no. whereas no. Lindsay, yeah. Marion, Tommy, and uh, Lonnie all coming back right. as characters. The actors have changed in the case of Lonnie and Tommy, right. but they actually brought the actresses back who played Lindsay and Marion. Right. Full of Easter eggs. You've seen the trailers. Mm-hmm. Evil dies tonight. No, evil doesn't die tonight because you know what? He's never going to die. This is, I think this is, um, and and, and here's, you know, so my take, and then we'll get into this. I think one of the fun things is why I picked this one because I know Mike and I and Liz, Liz and I are on one side of the fence. Mike is on the other side of the fence relative to our experiences with the movie. Yes. Right or wrong, it's a subjective analysis. (laughs) Um, And it's it's been a lot of fun because we've gotten a lot of chatter on our, uh, particularly on our Facebook page. Right. um, About about this because I gave this. Go join the chatter. Go to yeah. Facebook, follow yeah, please the do. scariest yeah. things. Because it's, it's fun, actually. And, and, and it's a movie like this that actually sort of uh, brings out why people love horror movies and what they're right. looking for in horror movies. Yes. I gave this I gave this two stars. Mike gave it four. Correct. Um, Liz, what would you... two and a half. No, I'm going to give, give it two. Yeah. I'm going to give it two. Um, and, and I, you know, I think the first thing right out of the gate that I, that I will say, I don't need to, to recap the plot because it's really... Not much of a plot to describe. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, it is the middle film of a trilogy. And that's a problem. Um, and I didn't see the first. Okay. I didn't see the, the fir- I like the first Halloween. one a lot. I, 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 think, I think the first film. Wait, you didn't see Halloween? No. The 2018 Halloween? Is, no. Cause I what? Oh, Liz, you got to watch I'm 2018. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, you got to so, watch 2018 so, Halloween. So here's the thing with the 2008. Which PJ Souls is in too. She has a voice part. In, she, it, this okay. doesn't care about PJ Souls. She's not. No. It's, that, that, that's, <laughs> so you know, she's probably not the biggest rock and roll high school fan either. Uh, but the the 2018 film reestablished Michael Myers coming out of prison after 38 years of uh, in, internment for his actions in the original 1978 Halloween. The no in. Halloween 2. So it follows from Halloween 2. Oh, Halloween 2. Well, okay. Yeah. So, okay. For so, so they go pick Halloween, Halloween 2, two and the then new the, Halloween. The new and Halloween. Then so they, yeah. so they, they, they captured him. They've imprisoned him. Right. Um, and then he gets out, and then he eventually makes his way through the assistance of a, uh, of a, a psychologist who wants to see him 
and uh, face face off with his uh, the the people who opposed him right in Haddonfield so many years ago right solid plot uh, it gave you kind of a lot of the things that you wanted out of it 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 rehumanized in in a way not 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 human like empathetically humanized but it but it it made Michael Myers back into a psycho killer threat but not a demon from another plane that he kind of becomes, he becomes Jason <laughs> Voorhees. It's like to the point where it's mm-hmm, like in, in, mm-hmm. in the other sequels, one of the reasons why the other sequels just got constantly got trashed was it was a money-making gig that right. they, they needed to bring Michael Myers back. So you couldn't kill him. So he was no longer human because you also couldn't just have him kill people and then not fight back. Right. Um, 2018 reset that clock. Right. This one does the opposite. It falls back into the old traps of uh, unstoppable killing machine now he's a 75-year-old yeah. man who's a killing machine, and he you, you open up with the movie right where we left off in 2018. Emerging okay. from the fires, the burning embers of the house that they trapped him in, he kills off an entire squad of firefighters with axes and But actually, the, the film starts, uh, the film begins not yeah. in, where they left off in 2018. It begins where they, left off, where they left off in twenty in which 1978. Is, which, to me, is a total throwaway. Okay. Uh, and I will tell you, because what it's trying to do is it's trying to establish the backstory of Officer Hawkins, who is Will right. Patton, right. who we talked right. about actually fairly recently, who shows up in uh, the um, Mothman prophecies. Anyways, right. Oh, yeah. Will, will Patton is supposed to be, it's like, okay, they they tell the backstory of Will Patton's character, and then and he's like, Will Patton's going to save the day, or he's going to p- play a pivotal role in this. He doesn't. He's right. in the hospital the entire movie. <laughs> it doesn't matter. A lot of people are in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. The Jamie Lee Curtis. They they, they do they do the movie the, the the movie trailers go. I want to see the 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 life drain from his eyes. Michael, I'm coming for you. Right. No, not in this movie. No. It's not. Right. She's in the hospital the whole time. Right. You got a bunch of surrogate um, characters who come in and they just get butchered. He goes from point A from the house to his home, and he kills everybody in between. Now, masterfully done. That's the what kills. I like, though the amount of butchering. Yep, it is it for I for yeah, absolutely. Is. There's actually more kills in this movie than any of the Freddy or uh, Friday the Thirteenth films, it or is. any of the previous Halloween films. They Somebody tabulated the total number oh, yeah, of kills, and sure. it's, it's actually hits it right. hits thirty. It is it is really impressive the way they did. The, I think that that uh, visually and action wise, spectacular. Yep. But all right. Makes, so here's the here's the here's the counter here's the counterpoint to all that. Yes. This is the it's a pro con counterpoint. Yes, pro con. Pro con. Okay. So pros, it's super violent. Yes. Yes. Cons, it's super violent. <laughs> yes. Pros. The second act continues the original story. Cons. It's a second act and it doesn't really go anywhere. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pros. You get badass, grown up Tommy. Cons. You get badass, <laughs> grown up Tommy. Tommy. Is that Anthony Michael Hall? That is yes. Anthony Michael Hall. That's I Anthony loved Michael him Hall. In it, yeah. And I was. <laughs> it's nice to see him. Evil yeah, dies tonight. No, no, yeah, Tommy but dies tonight. Feel like they were trying to make this into some. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Comments no. on January sixth. Uh, yes, pros. Okay. Uh, there's a little Laurie Strode. Yeah, <laughs> just a little. Cons, as Eric already pointed out, there's not enough Laurie Strode. Right. 
Yeah. Pros, Lori is vulnerable for once. Yes. Cons, she's mm-hmm. vulnerable and you don't see her enough. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pro, it's an interesting, orga- uh, I think it's an interesting allegory, Liz, as you just pointed out, to today's divisive culture. Mm-hmm. And potentially, I think they, they wove in some narrative towards the end. There's, there's, a, spe- there's, a, there's, a, there's a narrative that, that Lori delivers towards the end of the film, which could be a nod to January 6th. Can you uh, actually can mm-hmm. you can you I elaborate like a little part. bit on that cuz I uh, the, the thing that I, I and I don't know if they I don't know if they cut that in after the fact or they well, were able to they were able to you know because of the delay. How would that affect the story though? I mean Well, way, I, I, I mean, don't. I, I just think it was I just think it was pointing to I just think it was yeah. pointing to that that, yeah. that like this this moment in history. The con to that I think is that it may not hold up in coming decades, we may look at that and go, what, what, what was all this stuff about divisiveness? I think it was a little bit coincidental. Yeah, it's not going to be like the film- Purge where it made sense. It didn't make sense in here. I thought it was forced. Right. Pro, I loved, and you you didn't like this, I loved the connection to the night of the original Halloween film. I thought that was really well done and it was really, really interesting. Con, I hated Lonnie. I thought that that was the throwaway yeah. part of that original nod to the 1978 film because there is no Lonnie in the 1978 film. They show the back of Lonnie's head (laughs) and they just just refer to, I mean, it's like a minor, minor character. Here's the last pro and there is no con to this. It's Michael Myers. (laughs) (laughs) You get, you get two hours of Michael Myers kicking ass and just laying waste to everybody. And if you don't love that, then you don't love Halloween and you don't love horror movies. Uh, I think I think you could. I think the first part of that is. I think the, I think the first part of that is true. Halloween. Uh, I, you know, I because uh, the, the reactions that that we got back on Facebook was right. I I loved the kills. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to get right. back to old school, just killing. And it's right. like, then you will love this movie. Right. You will- no, I I you know what I the thing I totally agree with you about is 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 like if you look at this, if you look at like these the well, obviously there's three films, right? There's there's Halloween, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Halloween Kills is the second act of the two films and it's unfortunate because it's treated as a second act and it plays as a second act and a second act is not a film in and of itself, but they were forced into the position of making make, making the second act a film, and but it's just not a mm-hmm. film yeah. in and of itself. I think that's actually the biggest argument against this movie. I think, right. I think. I think what yeah. you, what I think would have been better is to do a two parter, yeah. or even to do or to, or to mm-hmm. make this and to take out the mob scene, give a little bit of time between Michael's loose, he's cutting his way through right. to his 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 home, and then Laurie comes to go get him. Right. Really. Yeah. And instead, what you had is a bunch of surrogates try and go get him and fail. But they were all inconsequential. I mean, they're consequential to the point where it's like, hey, look, you remember you remember Lindsay? She was the girl who, it's like, she goes out there and tries to kill him. She gets kind of, she doesn't get killed, but she's like, she disappears. She's inconsequential to the film. Right. It was an Easter egg to say, hey, fans, you remember Lindsay? Isn't that cool? It's like, that's kind of right. cool. Right. But does it advance the plot? No, it really doesn't. You really, at the end, at the end of Halloween Kills, you were pretty much at the same point as where you were at the end of the 2018 movie. And now it's like, all right, Lori's got to go people. out there and deal with it. But now her daughter's dead. And now she's got extra motivation as if she didn't have. We it. don't know if her daughter's dead. Well. Right, right. <laughs> oh, come, come on. on. She has to be dead. Yeah. And, 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 and. Uh, the other thing is they're going to have to build up a whole new supporting cast because the entire 
the bulk of the supporting cast got <laughs> killed by Michael Myers. Right. Everybody did. Yeah. Right. And the sh- the sheriff from the 1978 film, he's yeah. he's looking a little old. I don't know how old he actually uh, yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> and and he was he was purely there just to be an Easter egg. It's like remember this guy. So right, right, right. My guess is that what they did was they were setting up with the backstory of uh, of Will Patton's character, the cop. The right. Is that it'll have to be the two of them get out of the hospital beds and limp towards. So you got these. Two, no, two no, it's sixty something. No, people. it's. I think it's. I think it's supposed to be set. F- I think it's set three or four years after this night. The, the Halloween ends. Okay. So yeah. is he just going to be standing at the window waiting for these guys? It's like because he's going to go. You, you know that it's yeah, going to be. Gonna, him he's going to take on some window. odd jobs. He might do you know some uh, some lawn mowing or some leaf raking or you yeah. know he's <laughs> gonna, <laughs> cut it shrub cutting. Or, uh, the, Michael Myers will figure it out. He's an industrious guy. He yeah. knows how to use tools. Yeah. It's clear. Yeah, there <laughs> there were some other things like the logical system, like the mob thing was like, ah, oh, please. Um, it doesn't. It, yeah. it's, it, I, I agree with Liz. It's like it didn't need to be there. And, you know, it, and it also served as, you know, because this really became the town of Haddonfield versus Michael Myers and Michael, Michael Myers. Myers won. Right. Right. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, there was the thing of like, hey, it's the fake Michael Myers. Kill him. Oh, wait, no, that's not him. It's like, you couldn't tell that when you were chasing him. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, that's not him. Now that we can see his brain splattered on the ground. It's like, right. oh, man, come on. That was just a, that, that wasted 15 minutes. Um, I think that there would have been, you know, it's like, why? Because Haddonfield's legacy and its story is so intrinsically linked with the events from the Halloween movies. If there was a known slaughter of 12 firemen, why weren't the cops out there warning the entire neighborhood and specifically the poor gay couple? Well, they were though. Butchered? The cops didn't go door to door and say. Well, they were start. They were starting to, but I mean, I, th- I think but, the events happened so fast because you know the the sheriff makes very clear. Well, the er, fact early that, on in the film, he makes very clear that we need to tell everybody, and then right. of course, well, time. But Oops, why did. weren't the cops arriving with the first responders with a fire of that magnitude? When they were oh. when they were dragging Laurie Strode and her children away from the fire after Michael Myers had, I think you might be overthinking that element of the film. I, I'm thinking a little I, bit much, a little bit much. I well, mean, I, I think, that, but I, I that's I, I guess that's that's my ultimate point with this whole thing. As I think a, you, you don't you, think you re- about it too much. Yeah, you really do have to suspend a lot of disbelief. Yeah. And if you like a horror film and you like Michael Myers, then just buckle in. And, I think and take you have it, to take like Michael for, Myers. Yeah. Take it for what it is. Because what the. Unlike now, Liz, thing, do, you, like, do you not like the original Halloween? I, the no, I like the original. Yeah, but I and I actually like Season of the Witch. Um, yeah, Season of the Witch. Is but great. the rest, I'm just like, God, end it. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> franchise what? is hard, and this franchise is too much. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. One was great. It's too much. Two was solid. Three was three was different. Yeah, and the rest yeah. of the stuff up until 2018 was terrible. I, I think terrible is a little tough. I think I think terrible is a little a little rough. I think it is rough. Th- there 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 are definitely some some super duper weak spots. But you know four and five were not bad. Uh, that the Paul Rudd appearance was really good, and the fact that Donald Pleasance kept kept mm-hmm. kept at it through some of those films was really good. Halloween H two O has is is a little uneven. You can go back and listen to the podcast where we we dissected the entire Halloween franchise as we did yeah. many many franchises mm-hmm. and many many films but um 
I think there's definitely some I think some sometimes hot- you have to be like a one franchise person. So I'm an Nightmare on Elm Street person. I'll defend all of those except yeah. for number two. Well, I, I just <laughs> wasn't a- yeah. And so... Yeah, I don't know. Dream Child was pretty rough. <laughs> right. Eh, still love it. So, all right, you know so- what? It's just that's... That's the way it goes. All right. So I gave, I think I, what did I, I don't even remember what I gave. I think I gave it a four, four out of five. You gave it a four. And you gave it a two. A two. And Liz, what do you give it? What are you going to give it? A two also. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But uh, there are. Go read our reviews at thescariestthings.com, one T, and you can agree or disagree with Eric or me. There are, there are advocates on both sides of the fence and like today's political Mm -hmm. climate. People don't take the middle ground much. No. <laughs> uh, uh, this is this is either you love old school love slasher movies it. where you can turn your brain off and you want to see spectacular gory killings. Yep. Or you've grown accustomed to protagonist heavy, plot heavy horror films, and you think that this didn't have a plot or character development. You mean you've, you've evolved as a human being? Yes. You're like, as a, or as a, as a, as a to uh, go back to Haddonfield. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, I, and, and I think the crying shame is I thought that, that 2018 had largely solved the weaknesses of the sequels of, right. of, yeah. of Halloween. Yeah, you need to go watch the 2018 list. Come on. I do, because I, I remember you guys talking about that, saying, like, yeah, it wipes the slate clean, picks yeah. up where it's supposed to, and... It got such rave reviews, and I just think this one, I do need to watch it, but this one's yeah. just getting that, like, it, probably what you said. They didn't need part two. No. It, don't do a trilogy. This is the middle, so it doesn't go anywhere. This feels yeah. like the return to Halloween 4. Ah. Kind of. Uh-huh. That's like, you know, it's it's like... Even though my, that, that took the whole story in a different, completely different direction. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, this one actually doesn't take the story, and in, 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 it, it gives it a, a very straight line direction, but it's just sort of, it's, it's, it's stasis. It's, yeah. It's, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't move the story, but the kind, thematically, it's like unkillable, unkillable. Like, there's like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you, because in the theater, I was like, I was yelling, cut his hands off, cut his fingers <laughs> off, cut his head off, like, I'll stick a knife I'll in his head, do, do something, yeah. and instead everybody's like dancing around in a circle jerk, and I was like, Fuck! <laughs> Do something about this guy, and then Mike, you you turn to me and it's like, well, you can't because he's got to be around for the next movie, and it's like, kill the fucker. It's yeah. like, it's like no, but then you kill Michael Myers. You're, I want he's got to to make it. You're like, killing the cash cow, Eric. Yeah, I know. You I am. I'm totally killing. Cannot the cash, kill the cash cow. Fifty million dollars in its first in its opening weekend. It did great. So well, yeah. I mean, come. that's that's the other thing I would say too is that this this speaks to. I mean, much like Halloween 2018, much like it, much like much like it Part Two, this speaks to the mm-hmm. power of horror and the fact that there is a unquenchable appetite out there of horror fans, and they are serving up, I think, a really quality product for everyone to go to go and see. And people yeah. clearly are voting with their mm-hmm. pocketbooks, and they love. This going, is a nostalgic going to the, trip. I mean, they this, love going and wait, to the, and so that made fifty million in the theaters because it was on yeah. HBO too. No, not HBO. So it was on we Peacock. didn't watch it in the theater. Peacock, that's right. Oh, yeah. Peacock. We yeah. didn't watch Nobody it has on, in the theater. We watched it on that. Well, you can okay. you could get it free. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like right. you sign up for my so, trial, watch that, and then cancel. But it. this is one of the, <laughs> you know. I mean, honestly, this is the you know Halloween may be it, it's one of the absolute biggest franchises in horror available and For so it sure. doesn't surprise me that it, and and due to the success and the quality of the 2018 film i think it it sort of justified a pretty big opening 
it hasn't after the opening weekend. I think word kind of got out and the divisiveness of it, and then it's kind of slowed down. But still, they're laughing all the way to the bank. They made total bank on this. Oh thing. yeah, 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 for sure, all for right. sure. So that uh, I think that sort of segues into our last little element here, and this is. If you want to get more in-depth information and not have to listen to us spout about <laughs> what we think about but Halloween. You, but you should. Halloween Kills. <laughs> uh, Fangoria Magazine just came out with their episode, Halloween Kills and Kills and Kills and Kills. kills. Uh, it's uh, it's a sort of a celebration of all things horror, but they, of course, when you get a big rollout like this, and also because I think uh, they have some close ties to the people who produced Halloween Kills. Right. Um, a lot of great uh, articles in here with big, glossy pictures. And a and poster. You get a poster. You get a Michael a poster. Myers poster. Who doesn't love that? Come yeah. on. Right here. Here's the... It's like... It, it's a... A Michael Myers, Michael Myers poster. poster. You there. can't beat that. So... Yeah, Send him all the mic. Looking better than yeah. ever. He's... I'll take your Michael Myers poster. Good-looking 75-year-old guy with a mask. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so go to scariestthings.com, click on any of the ads that you see for either Atmos or Fangoria, head over to Fangoria and buy all sorts of crap. And you'll use, save money. You'll yep. save money. Use the code STP20. No, Scariest yep. Things 20. STP20. TST20. TST20. The Scariest Things 20. Use that code. Use that code. Save money. Buy cool stuff from Fangoria. Yep, back issues. Yeah. So they're so good. It's really if you're a horror fan, it's it's the it's the month it's the quarterly Bible it or bi monthly Bible. I think it comes. I think we get six of them a year, something like that. Yeah, yep. uh, we yep. should know but. for sure. For Anyhow, sure. Anyhow, Eric, you're gonna take us out with the tagline from Halloween Kills. I will once I get it. So oh. why don't you open this up? <laughs> Other than uh, it's not you mean you mean the tagline is not Halloween kills and kills and kills and kills. And kills. Like, or, 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 or I could make up my own ones. I could say <laughs> Halloween kills from point A to point B. <laughs> Halloween kills a bunch of a, a bunch of cannon fodder idiots. Uh, Halloween kills doesn't have a tagline. That's what I, I, I was sort of searching. It's the second one. Maybe, maybe it's the maybe it's the one and the third one. Maybe it's the night he came home. Not part two. Again, again. Uh, the, 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 the night, night he, he came, came home, came again, home again, again, again. After the fire. <laughs> the, 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 the night he came home again, 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 again. And again, and again, and again. <laughs> again. And he's waiting for you, Lori. I'll be here when you when you're when you're when you're out of the hospital. 